0: Realm the Podcast, the Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to Realm of the Mist Podcast. I am Chris Stolley, and with me is the host with the most from War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast, Mr. John Martali. How you doing, John?
1: Hola, Christopher.
0: Oh, that's right. It, we just passed Cinco de Mayo, or as <laughs> normal people call it, Sunday. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I, I have my own personal opinions about Cinco de Mayo. It never made sense to me to be celebrated in the United States, but neither here nor there. Yeah. Neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, we're here to talk entertainment tonight. We Unfortunately, we got some bad news. We got some great news. And we got some... Wait,
1: wait, wait. We're we're talking are we talking about entertainment tonight or are we talking about the show entertainment tonight?
0: Oh not the show entertainment tonight.
1: The hell okay, with that. Okay. We're, we're better yeah, than okay. that show. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't even get my news from we entertainment are. tonight. We are. <laughs> I don't even get my news reports from entertainment tonight for bringing on the show. <laughs> 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 it hasn't been right since Joan Rivers. No. <laughs> uh. Um might as well get the bad news out of the way first. Unfortunately to all my Star Wars fans. It's fitting that I have this the hopes of a Star Wars podcast here. Uh, unfortunately we have lost Chewbacca, aka mm-hmm. uh longtime actor. Peter Mayhew passed away uh, April thirtieth. He was seventy five years old. He survived by a wife and child. Um well child as an adult, but still his child. Um Crushing, crushing blow, John. What do you think, man?
1: I mean, it's anytime you lose, you know, an actor, no matter you know who it is, it's always it's always bad, but it's always sad, but you know, for someone who brought so much joy to people's lives and was such an iconic character. And I mean, yes, I know that this character will live on with other actors, but the original Chewbacca is, you know, she, he's no longer with us, and you know, the, it just brings everything more, in, you know, into focus because, you know, last year we lost, Le- we lost Carrie Fisher. This year we lose, we lost uh, Peter Mayhew. You know, we've also already lost um, Kenny Baker. Kenny Baker. Um, you know, and, you know, you look at someone like David Prowse, who's not getting any younger and whose health is not doing good, you know, and, you know, even even Harrison Ford is in his 70s now, you know, all these people are getting up there in age and, you know, it's not going to be long before, you know, we be seeing, you know, you know, seeing, you know, Harrison Ford has passed away, you know, you know, even, you know, Mark Campbell, you know,
0: Yeah, he's no but you're absolutely right
1: but yeah you're right and you know even my mom who's not a star wars fan when i told her you know and you you know when you're are you know you know younger than us you know you look at someone you know 74 and you think wow you know that's you know he lived a good life but you know my mom who's 70 who's 75 you know she looks at it's like that's still young yeah, you know, I'm 75, you know, that's not it with today's medicine and today, you know, technology, you know, 75 is not, it's old, but it's not old. People now live way past their seventies.
0: Well, you also got to remember too, that this guy, you know, first off, he wasn't really an actor. The only role he ever played was Chewbacca when they, yeah. when they found him, he was a orderly at a hospital in Yorkshire, you yeah. know, um, yeah. And what really got him the role, besides his personality, was the fact that he did suffer from a form of giantism. Mm-hmm. You know the same the same thing as like Andre the Giant, in a sense. I mean, what was uh, Peter Mayhew eight foot three?
1: Oh, I'd have to look that up. Actually,
0: um, he was a very very tall man. And one yeah. thing I've learned from from people who have that extraordinary height is they usually do come with a lot of health issues. I mean, during the during the filmings of uh, like Force Awakens and uh, and uh, Last Jedi, they brought in a body double, double for Chewbacca standing. Peter Mayhew only played the guy sitting down. Yeah, because his 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 physique just couldn't handle it.
1: He was seven foot three.
0: Seven foot three. Okay, I was off by yeah. a
1: foot. Yeah, he was seven foot three.
0: But still, seven foot three. You think about that. How many seven foot three people are there in this world?
1: not many not that <laughs> most of them are either in the nba or professional wrestlers probably
0: right and in that in pro wrestling half the time it's exaggerated yeah you know, i was i was billed at uh 212 pounds at six foot one and really i was you know five eleven and a buck 80 at best you know, so, <laughs> you, you exaggerate in wrestling, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: What? Wait, 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 Are you telling me that not everything in wrestling is real?
0: No, oh, no, I'm not telling you that. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> it's a work. Um, so, anyway, you know, so... And it's just... It, it speaks volumes to the man because he was very beloved and cherished in the star Wars community, particularly by his co-stars. Yes. Um, and, also- and, it, and
1: it goes, I mean, you can see that in the fact that, you know, yes, you expect Mark Hamill to say something, but Harris, when, you know, reading Harrison Ford's comments about his relationship and how good of a, you know, how much he enjoyed working with him and how good of a friend he was, you know, someone who has you know, gone on record as not being very, you know, having a good relationship with star Wars and just even sees, you know, Harrison Ford say, I really, you know, this man was a friend. I really appreciated working with this man and I'm going to miss him. You know, it just shows you how much he meant to his co-stars.
0: Well, that, that's exactly it. And I've read many, many stories from like Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, many of the different casts where he was, you know, always in for a laugh. He was very warm and caring you know, mm-hmm. and and he was a drinker, so of course most oh, of yeah. the cast like that. Um, you know, so, and and it really translated on screen. I mean, to to kind of compare oh, yeah. him a little bit to Kevin Smith, it takes a special kind of talent to be able to portray emotion and a believable character in in something that doesn't speak. Um, yeah, I used to use Kevin Smith as a as a perfect example to train wrestlers about telling stories with their body motions. Because of Silent Bob's reactions, where you knew his emotions, you knew what he was thinking, whatever, just from facial expressions or movements. Yeah. And quite honestly, Chewbacca, when he was written uh, on paper, it was just big, tall, tall thing roars. The character, the personality of the character, came from uh, Peter Mayhew himself, and that's what yeah. we fell in love with.
1: Yeah. Someone's, I heard, read right, someone. I can't remember where I read it at, but he, but they said. <laughs> that Chewbacca said so much without uttering a single intelligible word. Mm -hmm. And that was, I mean, that was all down to Peter Mayhew, you know, saying, being able to convey all this emotion. And you, even though you'd understand, you, you always got the gist of what Chewbacca was saying.
0: Exactly. You know, and, and he, he, the biggest thing about Peter Mayhew that I take away, besides the fact that he's a part of my childhood. I mean, Chewbacca, Chewbacca ranks there with like the Tooth Fairy and Santa Claus to me. I want to believe he's so real. And it's because <laughs> yes. of Peter Mayhew. Yes. You know, and, and I mean, what can you say about this man? This man is an absolute genius when it comes to yeah. what he did. But the, but the big thing that you take away from Peter Mayhew is how much... He loved Star Wars. He loved the fandom. He loved yes. the character of Chewbacca. He considered it yes. his greatest achievement in life that he got to play this role. And I can understand yeah. that cuz it's the only role he ever played. He was a he was an orderly. Yeah, you know, and he became a household yeah. name. An orderly became a household name because mm-hmm. of, you know, 20 pounds of carpet.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and one thing I always found interesting about the Chewbacca character, and really going in, and someone I, I saw this, someone pointed this out, was uh, the relationship between Han and Chewie was a lot of people always related to a man and his pet, a man and his dog. But what they don't realize, and someone I can't remember, I I have to find it again, but they pointed out was most people think that it was Han was that was was the man and Chewie was the dog, but no, it was the other way around.
0: It really was. Han
1: was Chewie's dog. <laughs>
0: It really was Chewie. Chewie kept Han on the straight and narrow. Han, yes, if Solo taught us anything, it taught us that—that that, you know. Well,
1: well, think about it. Who was the first person that, uh, when they were looking to get passage to Aldron, who was the first person that Obi Wan talked to? It wasn't Han. It was Chewie.
0: <laughs> well, Chewie, Chewie, and he's knew... like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chewie knew the Jedi Order before. They disappeared. Yeah. I mean, look at how he was friends with Yoda. Yeah. Che- Chewy went places and did things, man. <laughs> but I mean, you know, the character—the character, like the character, was designed. Lucas had designed the character based on his own dog. Yeah, and and how the dog would always ride in the front seat with him in the car. So you know, seeing the the master and pet dynamic, you know, the best friends that we have with our animals, it makes perfect sense between Han and Chewie. And yeah. again, you know, a testament to the actors that Harrison and, you know, Peter were able to, to translate that on screen.
1: And to have such good chemistry. I mean, for, you know, Harrison who at that time, yeah, he still was a young actor, but he still had been in a few roles and was, you know, a seasoned a season actor, had a few roles, and then you have this relatively newcomer who probably, you know, I don't know if he'd ever been even on stage before. And suddenly, you know, he's thrust in this big movie. And just to see the chemistry that those two had together was, you know, amazing.
0: No, absolutely. So, you know, the, the, the long and the short of it is, is that, you know, he is going to be greatly, greatly missed. Um I know we have a new actor so like 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 John said uh Chewbacca will live on. And yes, this new actor, I forget his name. It, it's a, it's a weird Swedish name. Um but I know he was trained by Peter Mayhew to play the role, so he he mimics it perfectly. But anytime yeah. I see the character on screen, the only person I'm ever going to see is Peter Mayhew. Yeah. So Unfortunately, rest in peace, buddy. You know, uh, condolences to his fa- friends and family, to the to the Star Wars community. You will be missed. Yes, he's one with the force. He's one with the force. He is giving a big hug to Carrie Fisher right now, and hopefully, he got his medal. Yeah. <laughs> God.
1: Damn I it. love the pictures. They got the pictures of of him going up to heaven and Carrie Fisher, little baby Carrie Fisher, giving him his medal. Yeah, really, really sweet.
0: I saw I saw a couple of them. I saw where where he was walking into the pearly gates, and there's R two and and Leia waiting for him. I've seen other yeah. ones where, you know, uh, uh, Ackbar was there waiting as well. Because be careful,
1: it might be a trap.
0: It might be a trap, but you, you got to remember that uh, that Admiral Ackbar, the voice of Admiral Ackbar, also passed oh. away. Oh, yeah. You know, so and the original voice of Boba Fett. Before they re- revamp the voice to fit the uh, prequel trilogy, yeah, you know the the original one put Captain Solo in the cargo hold. Yeah, you know, that guy he he's also passed away too. So you know what's you know what's going to be funny in the end. What's in that? The, in the end, Porkins will be the one that survives. <laughs> <laughs> Laughed at my weight all this time. I told you I can handle it.
1: Uh, (laughs) Poor Porkins.
0: Yeah, poor Porkins. So, oh, let's see if I can add this person in here. Uh, While we do so, let's go ahead and talk a little bit. I'll get you started on it. We'll save Game of Thrones for for last. Okay. Because I know we can get you involved with this. Talking about Spider-Man: Far From Home has uh, released its Ooh. second, uh, or, or is it the second? I think I think it's the second. We, we had it's the a we had the first, yeah. So it is the second trailer, it's
1: second, second official trailer. Yeah,
0: dropped today. Uh, heavy spoilerific for people yes. who uh, have not yet seen uh, Endgame. So just because we're going to talk a little bit of the spoil uh, the, uh, the 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 trailer, I'm going to play this right now. Oh, you fucking twat! We got ourselves A fucking spoiler. There we go. Just to let you guys know that this is going to be a spoiler. Warning, 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 warning. If you, uh, if you continue listening on, and you have not seen, uh, end game, end game. If you're you haven't
1: seen end game, are you? Do you live in Zimbabwe? That's, I mean, and no No, offense to people who live in Zimbabwe, but, I mean, at this point, I mean, really, I, anybody probably, most people have probably seen Endgame by now. Even the, even the directors have said that the spoiler warning is, that the spoiler time is up. So,
0: no, I agree. If you haven't seen Endgame yet by now, you have no intentions of doing so. Yeah. But, you know, uh, the fact the fact of the matter is, um, it's not coming up. I have to let him know. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, is if you have if if you haven't seen Endgame yet, and you want to see Endgame, stay away from the trailer. Stay away from this review. Stop right now. Stop listening to us because we're going to be talking about it. There is going to be some spoilers in the in the uh, trailer. uh from from the conversation of the trailer. Go see Endgame, then come back. That's your warning. Oh. Okay, <laughs> but like, like we both agreed, if you haven't seen it yet, you're probably not going to.
1: Yeah, either that or you live in some far off hut in the middle of nowhere, and you know.
0: Exactly. So the long, uh, the long and the short, it starts off with uh, with Spider Man in the Iron Man suit uh, on top of a building somewhere, and close by is a. Uh, a mural dedicated to Iron Man and we have Peter talking about everywhere he looks he still see sees Tony's face you know so right off the bat we're we're getting the feels of this is this is happening directly after uh Endgame well not too far after Endgame I should say yeah um yeah which completely counteracts when the first two tra- uh, the teaser and the first trailer dropped and they were very careful not to not to spoil anything, and we all got the impre- we're given the impression that Far From Home was going to take place before Infinity War and Endgame. Yeah, that well, was...
1: Kevin Feige, Feige has already said that this takes takes place. It starts up mere minutes after Endgame.
0: Right, but I'm saying when when they first before he yeah. announced that when they oh, first yeah. released the first two trailers and we were still in Infinity War and Endgame had nowhere near come close to release yet, we were led to believe that this was going to be ta- you know kind of like Ant Man and Wasp that this was going to be taking place beforehand. Yeah, you know, or Captain Marvel, for example. Um, so we we find out that it's it's proper place and time in this trailer and it's directly after the death of Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. Um, and Spider-Man himself is trying to pick up the pieces while still doing the Spider-Man thing. He's he's still accepting the fact that his role is the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, even though yeah. he is officially an Avenger. He he, you know he 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 took Tony's advice to heart and decided to remain uh, the New York guy. Yeah. Until Shield comes a calling. Mm-hmm. And he tries to avoid it in the trailer. He tries to avoid uh being talked to by by uh Nick Fury and everything yeah. else. He wants to go on his field trip with his with his school, talk to Mary Jane and and try living a normal life. Mm. And from there we are getting dragged into a whole mess. Of uh, uh of stuff where we get introduced to the character of uh, Mysterio, he comes from an alternate Earth. Uh, apparently, he's kind of an anti-hero villain in this. At least that's the way the the trailer is presenting that he's actually attempting to, uh, you know, mm. uh, be a savior to his mm. Earth, to his multiverse planet.
1: Well, there. I mean that's one possibility. There's also the possibility that he is just using that as an excuse, you know? And that, I mean, I think that's going to be the big question throughout the movie is whose side is Mysterio really on? Is he really the anti-hero or is he just using this to make himself look better than he actually is? Um, you know, and will we find out that Myster- in the end Mysterio really is the villain Or does he become a villain? Is it one of those things where he's using a little bit more, shall we say, um, extreme measures to fight these the the, the, who looks like gonna be the villains in in this one? It looks like we got molten man, sandman, and I can't think who the water guy is. Um and at the end
0: Hydra, wasn't it?
1: Hydra Hydra Man, Hydroman. And in the end, do we kind of see Mysterio kind of turn bad because Spider-Man kind of puts him in his place?
0: That's exactly it. You know, and, is that... And you're, and you're right. And, I mean, there was a lot of things to be seen there. I mean, we don't know because, it's, obviously, it's, a, it's not the movie. But the, w- yeah. the way it does seem that they're pro- projecting now, whether it's uh, direct action, it's a Spider-Man that turns Mysterio... Or if Mysterio is, is pulling the old smoke and mirrors, forget the pun, you know, on, on this yeah. just to get to get help for him, for his world dominance or whatever the case may be, is, it remains to be seen. Yeah. But in the trailer itself, it seems that what they're trying to pre- uh, present to you is that he is uh, kind of an anti-hero.
1: yeah. Well, and the other thing I noticed is is that it looks like in this movie, uh, Spidey is kind of learning, trying to learn the lessons that um, Thor kind of learned in Endgame. Where, you know, with Thor, the, the, big, the big lesson he had to learn in the end, of course, was uh, don't try to be who people want you to be, just be who you are. And in this one, it looks like everyone's expecting Spider-Man to pick up the mantle of Iron Man.
0: That's exactly and it. Yeah, and he he, he he's no rejecting it. Is.
1: He's, and you even see, you know, people. You know, half even says he wouldn't have done this if he didn't think you were capable of doing this. Uh, even you know, Fury telling me you need to step up. You need to step up. And all this whole time, Peter he just wants to be friendly neighborhood Spider Man.
0: Exactly. He
1: Add a responsibility of taking on the mantle of of the of Iron Man too. You know, he's just like, I'm just happy f- taking out a few thugs and a few, you know, petty criminals in New York. You know, I don't want to deal with, you know, all this other stuff. And, you know, everyone's kind of telling him that, you know, hey, you gotta have to step up. You know, it's, this is your city now.
0: Hey, real quick, not to interrupt you, just let everybody here uh, listening to the podcast know we are being joined by the host of Delivery Brothers Podcast, new to Realm of the Mist Entertainment, Mr. Anthony Anthem. Anthony, are you there? Yes. How are we hey. doing today? Uh, we doing you're, good. You, I, how we doing? How are you doing, me? brother?
2: Yes, I can.
1: All right, cool. Did you how Do you, you hear me? me? I hear you.
0: We, we hear oh, okay. you. Do you Very hear good. us?
1: Yes, yeah, I hear I muted my speaker there for a second, and I was going on a. Did you hear anything that I was saying?
0: I heard. I heard only you got fine.
1: in on the brief.
0: Okay.
1: Um, okay.
2: Brief kind of settle.
0: <laughs> so, what exactly has been going on? Uh, not a lot. Uh, we just we just got done talking about Peter Mayhew. Now we're hitting into the uh, Spider-Man Far From Home trailer. Have you seen the trailer? Oh, yes, I have. <laughs> All right, so. All right, cool. What well, we're talking, we we we're at a point now where we're talking about like uh, how the trailer seems to be presenting uh, not only Mysterio as kind of an anti-hero, uh, mm-hmm. at least at least that's what we're being led to believe at the moment. Um, obviously won't know until the movie, but also the fact that Peter is being kind of dragged into the role of being Iron Man 2. Where Peter's kind of rejecting that idea and just wants to remain in the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Is that is that pretty much what you've gotten from the trailer as well?
2: Yeah, and I also saw glance of Noir Spider-Man in there as well.
0: I was I was going to yeah. get to that where the where we have a black-suited Spider-Man, but it's not necessarily yeah. a symbiote.
1: Yeah, it's the stealth suit.
0: Is it the stealth suit? It's okay, a stealth for a minute
1: I, suit, I almost yeah. got excited. I
2: was just like, "What is Noir Spider-Man doing here?"
1: <laughs> that was <laughs> actually one of my favorites. It's the stealth suit, but I do, speaking of noir Spider-Man, I do think this is a a really bringing, you know, officially bringing in the multiverse into the, the MCU is a good way to kind of bridge that gap between, uh, you know, this Spider-Man and the Spider-Man from into the Spider-Verse, and you can kind of get that and kind of bring in those characters, or... Take characters from this universe into the Sony universe and have that crossover. I think that's a really brilliant way to do this. To do well, that. Well, he, d- he does we have the technology.
0: Well, yeah. he, 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 they do mention that in the trailer when, when uh, Nick is telling him that Mysterio is from an alternate Earth and Peter puts that together. Are you telling me there's a multiverse? It's like, I, I caught that and right off the bat my ears perked like, well, here comes Miles Morales, here comes Spider Gwen, hell, here yeah. comes Spider Ham to live action. Yes,
1: <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. I had a nerd gas.
0: So,
1: so here's here's a question for you guys. Um, and I was just thinking this too that this would be now that Marvel now that you know Disney Marvel owns the rights to, um, the um, the no oh, owns all the Fox, you know, uh, 20th Century Fox. Uh, do you think I, th- I was thinking that this would be a great way to at least do a soft introduction to some of the characters, especially the Fantastic Four? You don't, and and you don't even have to do a full-on. Oh, here's you know, you can just have a name mention. Just have a mention in the background of of uh, because they're you know they're in New York, the Fantastic Four in New York, so you can just have a mention of Reed Richards. Of you know him trying to get a job somewhere or something like that, and looking for scholarships or something like that. Now that you know Tony's gone, and he said he could say something like, "Well, there's always Reed Richards."
0: Well, I do know. I don't. I do know since the uh, Fox uh, Fox buyout that uh, I don't know how factual this is. So take this with a grain of salt. But I have seen a listing of what is supposed to be the next phase of Marvel movies. And mm-hmm. listed for this coming uh, cycle is a new Fantastic Four movie. Mm. I don't. So they're going to try another reboot. Going to try another reboot. So I don't know I hope any. I'm a little...
1: Yeah, what? I hope they don't do a re- uh, another full origin story of the Fantastic Four. Because we've seen it twice already. And uh. I think most people who see it already know. I already kind of know the story, so I think if they do another fantastic four movie, they should just already have them as a unit together.
0: Well, I mean, they they've proven with Spider-Man that you don't need the origin story. Yeah. Uh, Spider-Man oh, yeah. Spider-Man Homecoming, knowing that we, we, we knowing that we've already seen Amazing Spider-Man, knowing that we've seen uh, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man, knowing that most of us have read the comics since we were kids, we know how Spider-Man became Spider-Man. Yeah. So when Homecoming, that was refreshing to have the first movie of a new reboot, and it's just look—he's already Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. You know. That so was- and,
1: and here's a—it uh, was kind of some people might have missed it—a uh, little Easter egg in Avenger in uh, Endgame, and if they want to do sort of an out of the box villain for a Fantastic Four movie, there was a the scene where. Um, they're all all the holograms are there and they're they're talking to natasha and i can't remember her name the wakandan says that there was an earthquake under the plates under the african plate right and i don't a lot of people are speculating that could be the first mention of namor
0: ah the submariner
1: and i think that could be an interesting villain an out of the box villain to bring into for the Fantastic Four because he has had in the comics a lot of connection and a lot of dealings with the Fantastic Four. So instead of doing like your typical Doctor Doom or even bringing in Galactus, maybe for the first movie have Namor be the villain for the Fantastic Four.
0: Well, I mean it makes sense too to bring to bring the Fantastic Four back to the. To the, the to the main screen and into the mcu because you know you know you got to replace tony stark so yeah. who who would be the, the 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 best foil to to replace tony other than reed richards
1: yeah
2: i mean to be quite honest that's the one that equals him in um iq you want to go there
0: well i mean you. well
1: i mean you got banner
0: Right, we got Professor Hulk, but uh, Professor yeah. Hulk in, in this MCU th- uh, universe only just became Professor Hulk, number one. Number two, I mean, Banner's yeah. always been intelligent, but he kind of worked best playing off of Tony. Now that Tony's yeah. not there, who does he have to really bounce off of? Plus, you on know.
2: top of that, the instability of a Banner himself, it wouldn't be a good person to depend on. I don't think so. So... I think Reed Richards would be the way to go, on that one. I mean, that's just my personal thought on that. One, just because of the fact that if you look at some of the comics and uh, crossovers, I see um, I see a better development if they use uh, Reed Richards. Yeah. Um, you look at how like him and uh, um, Tony Stark have collaborated over the years, even in like the actual Civil War comic. They both were. Um, they were both on the same side of that coin.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: He was Team Iron Man. And you want to go there?
0: So you're, you're absolutely right. And uh, again, I mean, there, there's plenty of smart characters out there in the in the Marvel comic books. And and you know, when we talk about Fox, we we already know that every X Men character is going to be rebooted into the MCU, with the exception of Deadpool. Yeah, yeah. Deadpool. The you you can't you can't do anything better than what Ryan Reynolds has brought to the role. So you, you oh my God yes. So you don't you don't you don't reboot Deadpool, but everybody else to get it to fit into the MCU, yeah, it makes perfect sense. But you know, with okay. that being said, who do you get? Beast or or Professor Xavier? They're not on the level of Tony Stark. No,
2: they're not. They're intelligent, but they ain't that intelligent.
0: <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> oh wait a minute. Since we're on the subject of the new phase. What is your guys' thought on the fact they're gonna make a live action Silver Surfer?
0: I'm for it. As long as we as long yeah. as we get uh a proper Galactus Rosie. for him to fight, and we don't go the way of like Green Lantern where where, you know, Parallax was just a space cloud. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> as long as we get a proper I'm trying to
2: burn that from my guys.
0: You're trying you're trying to what?
2: Ugh. <sighs> oh. I'm I'm literally trying to bleach my brain from that situation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, what's funny. I talked about Green Lantern before, and I always say, like, you know, and it, it almost makes me sound like a Ryan Reynolds fanboy, but uh, I don't think he was terrible in the movie. It was just a terrible movie.
2: yeah, oh, it was just a garbage movie. Yeah, nothing to do with Ryan. Ryan did his role. Hold on, one second,
1: guys. My uh-huh. uh, dog just walked out of the room, and it's a puppy, so I don't trust it when it gets out of the room, out of my sight. <laughs> oh, I don't no. blame it.
0: <laughs> I don't blame you there.
1: But uh Those are the ones you need to watch the most.
0: <laughs> so i I mean I'm not familiar enough with uh with the Silver Surfer uh story arc. I know that his main villain was Galactus. Uh but beyond beyond that I don't know any of like his sub villains that he would have interacted with in one way, shape, or form. But uh I'm all for it. I know he's got a huge following and Oh yeah. One of the nice things about this phase that it looks like thus far is we're going to be taking a look more into the non-mainstream characters of Mar- right. of Marvel. And when you look at what phase one through four, I guess you call this, uh, did, we took B-list superheroes and turned them into household names. So imagine what they could do with a Silver Surfer or the oh, yeah, or the Thunderbolts, you know, and, and really... Oh,
2: I was shocked when I saw that one. <laughs> I was... I was excited though. <laughs> I was super excited. I was like, "Oh my god, I haven't seen that since the
0: 90s." <laughs> and I'm I'm super excited that there there's talks of the uh, writers of uh, the Avengers Infinity War and Games want to take a crack at Moon Knight. Oh,
2: that <laughs> would be so Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's... I would love to see
0: a live action of Moon Knight. Oh my god! If, if Batman and Deadpool had a bastard child, it'd be Moon Knight.
2: <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I, I had a moment where I was like, "Oh my gosh,
0: yes!" I
2: had to smoke a cigarette afterwards. I don't even smoke cigarettes. <laughs>
0: right. Moon, Moon Knight's an insane character. So if they if they get their way, and I mean, how do you say no to these guys? How, how do you say no to the writers of Endgame and Infinity War? That
2: made them billions of dollars.
0: Exactly. I mean, Endgame alone made over a billion dollars in a weekend. <laughs> it half the total of Force Awakens in a weekend.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're already expecting that it will probably beat after the after the adjusted gross and everything like that. Uh, probably will beat Gone with the Wind to be the highest grossing movie of all time.
0: Is it gone with the wind? I thought Titanic had that spot.
1: After after you after you adjust for gro- No, after you adjust for gross, it's gone with the wind. Okay. Yeah, that's what that's what the adjusted gro adjusted uh for the time period for today, gone with the wind is still the highest grossing movie. So it, may, it would make some I can't remember what it would make, what it would have made, but yeah, it's it's still gone
0: well, with think, the wind. Th- think about it. The, let, let let's take a moment and just think. I know we we're talking about Spider Man, but let's take a moment and think about this. It is 2019. Yes. Okay. We're we're all in our 20s to 40s. We're we're somewhere range in there, right?
2: I'll be 30 in this August. There I'm go. feeling gold.
0: There you go. You're 30. I'm 42, John. I believe you're 42 as well. Yeah, 41. About 42, 42 years 42. young. 41. I don't know what that. <laughs> we live in a world. Where, and at, you know what, Gone with the Wind is not my cup of tea, but I recognize the fact that it is a cinematic masterpiece. And now we are going to, we are possibly going to be living in a world where we got to see something be that much greater of a masterpiece than Gone with the Wind, something that quite honestly was never taken seriously by a lot of people when it first started out, a comic book movie, a silly Robbie. action adventure movie has now tested possibilities on track to be becoming the highest grossing film in history. Wow. How does that make you yeah. feel? Yeah. That's,
2: <laughs> it's, I mean, it makes me think, though, because of the fact that I never imagined that we would get to this point, especially as me as a, like a person that's in the nerd community in a lot of different aspects. Like the fact that a superhero movie is that popular or or just having gaining so much attention, I mean, it does sound that we got some great actors. I mean it's a it's a dream
0: come true to me, man. Oh absolutely, but when you break it cinematically, when you break it down to its essentials, it's it's a silly action flick. Yeah. You know, all, all the Marvel films are, are a silly action <laughs> flick. And, you know, like you said, in the nerd community, when we watch our films, the closest achievement we ever got, besides, like, you know, Star Wars getting sound and, and editing, the closest we ever got was Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings taking home an Oscar. Yeah. You know, and now we got a film, now we have a, a nerd film that's looking to become the greatest movie ever made.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How? But here's the question. With all the money that it makes, will it get an do you think it will get an Oscar nod? For anything <laughs> other than special effects?
0: I, <laughs> I don't think, know. I think it should I mean Black Panther got it. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Thank you. I did that forget about that. Black door. Black Panther got a got a lot of awards too. So that's that's another achievement in the in the nerd community. I did completely space that. (laughs) I did completely space that. I I was just on the Oscar, the uh, Best Picture Oscar or Best Director Oscar for Peter Jackson. But, uh, you know, you're absolutely right, Black Panther. But I mean, I don't know. There's there's a lot of phenomenal performances in this film, a lot of areas where you take away the bang, poo, uh, boom, pal, and you got some – I can name at least three moments – in end game that give you the feels where you're wiping away tears, you know?
1: Oh yeah. Well, I mean, in basically the first almost half of that movie, there's not a ton of action. You don't really get into really big, any big action scenes until they go back in time. And then you got to have a couple, but then as far as like any big action scenes, it's not until the last, almost the last act with that, with the big battle. Right. So, but even, know,
0: even in the big battle, you had a couple moments of, of, I almost want to say serenity, but it, it allowed for, for the, the, the actor's ability, acting ability to shine through, you know, or, or the storytelling to take place and to not just be an assault on senses as far as like special effects and action.
1: Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah.
0: that, that's and... hard to say. I mean, will it break the stigma that, you know, big budget action films can't have best picture? I don't know,
2: but I think we're getting there. I say give it a couple more years. <laughs> yeah. i th- I, th- I say give it a couple more years because I think Black Panther winning an Oscar, and I mean you saw what the cast was like in Black Panther. I mean we know what the cast is like even in just the Avengers series, right? They're they're top notch actors. Like besides doing superhero movies, they're out doing like. Like timeless classics that people will watch over and over again, mm-hmm. yeah, outside the Marvel Universe, so the way they're picking their actors to play these roles, I think there is a high chance we're gonna see we're gonna see somebody in the next couple of years become best actor, and they're one of our favorite superheroes. I yeah. see it coming, especially if it's really empowering, I yeah. think it's gonna.
0: Well, I, mean, you, I I you, think it's going to be great. Look at look at how the world has changed in 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 the movie industry for comic book superheroes. Remember back in the Tim Burton Batman days after Batman Returns, they wanted to they announced they wanted to do Batman uh, Batman Forever, and Michael Keaton turned down the role because he didn't want to be typecasted. Now we look have Batman. Yeah, now we have now we have actors like Robert Downey Jr. who signed on for 11 years as Iron Man. Thor stating that he'll play Thor for his or yeah Chris Helmsworth playing Thor as long as Marvel <laughs> wants him to play it. Like what a difference the world is now, where actors re- are recognizing that these are iconic characters and iconic films, and uh, they don't want to give up those roles.
1: As as far as Chris Hemsworth goes. As long as he continues to play Chunky Thor, I'm all for it.
0: <laughs>
1: Chunky oh Thor God. thick Thor was my is my spirit animal. I'm sorry. I love th- I love Fat Thor.
0: That was that was my first thought when I saw him uh in the in the movie when, when with his without a shirt on and he all blubbered out. I'm like, Thank you, Chris Helmsworth, now I have somebody I could cosplay at a con. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right? Like
1: it's like, uh, you got a
2: real, like everybody saw him when he first came out of the store. You know, rippling nabs, looking like an Adonis, and all the girls are like, "Oh, I can't wait to have a fantasy with Thor." I mean, Chris Hemsworth, <laughs> and now he's like, "Oh, that's an attainable goal."
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I might be yes. able to swing my hammer yet. <laughs> and that and that da- and that damn line from uh, Rocket when he sees him too. He's like, "You look like melted ice cream." <laughs> <laughs> I realized that that's some Bradley Cooper play uh, um, yeah. Rocket Raccoon. Rock- yeah. 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 <laughs> or, oh my god. Uh,
1: Tony walks past him and get, does the uh, Lebowski line.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz that was the first thing I thought was it's, it's the dude. <laughs>
1: oh
2: my god. Oh. And the sad, the sad
0: <laughs> part is you see Chris Helmsworth outside of the uh, outside of Endgame like going to the premieres and everything. I don't know if it was a bodysuit or or CGI di- digitation, but like, when I when I saw him in the movie, I would have believed Chris Helmsworth put on that weight. Yeah. You know, and then seeing him yeah. afterwards is like, where the hell did I want to go on his diet. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Probably in nine seconds.
1: <laughs> Jesus I'm but, sure
2: that's what the raw be. he be and while, like while nine
1: seconds a day. Right. <laughs> while we're still on uh, talking about Endgame, did you guys have a nerd out moment the minute Cap said Avengers Assemble? The oh, fact that we've waiting, been waiting all for – and I never realized that, that at least Cap has never said that line in any of the movies. And finally to hear him say, Avengers Assemble, I would just like shivers down my spine. I'm like, oh, that's so cool.
0: Well, when you, when you think about it, he was the first Avenger in the MCU, but he wasn't the leader. Tony was. Yeah. This is the first time he had to step up in the leadership role of the Avengers. So, yeah. yeah. It was it was absolutely ha- hearing him Avengers assemble, and the way he dramatically delivered it, it wasn't just like the, the comic book Avengers assemble. It was Avengers.
1: Avengers, As- yeah, and then, then with like the old with,
0: school, with- USA. <laughs> yeah, with
1: with the shield and holding Mjolnir. Mm-hmm. That was when he grabbed Mjolnir. I'm just like yes.
0: But I- I'll be honest with you. I mean, you know, again, Chris Evans stole the movie for me with one yeah. line. That is America's ass. <laughs> yes. I I loud. As oh shit my god! Not America's that. ass.
2: I've been seeing memes all over the place about that. <laughs> that... I, if if I hear that shit one more time,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it was. Well, such I'll a admit great
1: the, line. the second time. The second I've seen it. Two. I've seen it twice now. I made it through the second time pretty good until the end when Tony said, I love you 3000.
0: Oh. Which, which, oh, which in I'm, its own well, right has become a meme. Yes,
1: I'm just like, oh, right in the heart. No, what well,
0: did you, you just die inside? Well, did, you, did oh. you see that thing where somebody did the math of all the time of all 11 years, all 23 movies? uh uh? Leading, uh, including Endgame, uh, they did the math of the running time of all of them, and it it was three thousand minutes. Wow. What? <laughs> oh, and
1: you, you're talking about great acting. Is I totally believed Tony as a father.
0: Oh my god! Yeah, I I, I, want, I want Tony as a
1: father. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm like I want to be that little girl. I want Tony Stark as my dad. Does,
2: does he want to sh- does he want to like adopt a 29-year-old because um I would totally be down for that. I'll be Anthony Anthem Stark,
0: right? Well, I mean, you know, again, let, let's talk about like life-changing events for the Avengers, I mean, or not just the Avengers, uh, like comic book movies. Let's talk about what what comic book movies in the MCU has done for Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Like this this Oh, Robert's
2: career. It not only revived
0: yeah. his career; it saved his life. I mean, the guy was, uh, you know, spiraling down down the rabbit hole, a wreck, drug and It's so
1: ironic that of all of the character that he would play would be a oh. raging alcoholic. Yeah, <laughs>
2: I mean, he knows how I mean, to do it. He's like yeah, he was the better, perfect Iron Man. Like,
1: not just looks. I mean, you look at the way you know Tony Stark was drawn in the comics, and then you look at Robert Downey Jr. It's almost akin to. Um, uh, uh did uh, Sir uh, Patrick Stewart playing Professor X? I mean, oh my how gosh. could you not have have Tony, have Robert Downey Jr. play Tony Stark?
0: See, I was gonna say Alan Rickman as Severus Snape because every time I've read a Harry Potter book, that was the face I saw, and then when the movies came out, it's like, oh my god, <laughs> you <know? laughs> like you can better. They were so on point. Because I remember the
2: first day I found out the announcement that he was going to be Iron Man, I was like, oh, shit, this is, like, the most perfect piece of life. I it, I mean, literally, it gave me life. I was just like, oh, he's going to kill this shit. Yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 This this That's ain't gonna exactly be a, what I said. This ain't gonna be Electra. This is gonna be a real <laughs> comic book movie. Oh, oh why oh. did you
2: bring up the movie that should never re- uh, remain uh, that shall remain untalked about?
0: All right, all right. Well, I- I'll challenge you. I'll challenge you. Let let's get a debate going. Which was the worst comic book movie of all time? Daredevil. Really? Ooh. That wasn't going to be on the choice, but I'll throw it in there then. Daredevil, Electra, or Green Lantern?
2: Daredevil. <laughs> Wow. Uh, right, yeah. Comic book series and Netflix series. Terrible movie.
0: Now, see, I, I, I could be forgiving a Daredevil. Uh, Michael Clark Duncan's portrayal of Kingpin was phenomenal. Oh, ben he a- was on point. Dare Daredevil was was the 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 reason I believed Ben Affleck could play Batman because he basically played Batman as Daredevil. <laughs> So, I mean, th- those types of things, I, I believe. Hell, I want to see uh, What's-His-Face play Bullseye again.
2: Oh. Okay, he was a decent Bullseye. It's just like, I feel like the way the movie was set up, it
0: felt I, like I it feel was like rushed. there were just too many
2: timeline skits for me. Yeah,
0: no. it, yeah it, it did feel like it was rushed. And, of course, uh, Jennifer Gardner as Electra was just hot garbage. But, I mean. Um, oh. You know
2: the reason why they got her was because she's hot.
0: Man, she was fucking Ben Affleck at the time.
2: <laughs> I mean, yes.
0: When you, yeah.
2: when you suck good dick, you can get up there. I mean, that's just the principle of Hollywood. Sometimes you gotta, you know, yeah. you really gotta get in there and um, take out the teeth and get to it. There you go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I mean, you you look at those, you look at those, and it's, you know, I don't. I can't. I can't really call it the worst movie of all time. Like, is it? To me, it's like episode two of Star Wars. It's like, you know, it's not great, but it's there.
1: Yeah. But
0: uh-huh. Electra and Green Lantern, like, it. I wake up in the morning and I flip a coin on which one I hate worse. I'm not
2: going to lie, though, but what about Batman versus Superman? I was kind of disappointed with it.
0: I saw the I Ultimate dis- Edition. <laughs> it kind of redeemed me. <laughs> Now, if we're yeah. talking if we're talking theatrical release, oh, hot garbage!
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, hot garbage! Boy. Oh, and Blade Three,
1: I didn't mind Blade Three. I didn't like because again, it had Ryan Reynolds
0: in it. Well, it I mean, Ryan I love
2: Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. His character was hilarious. Oh yeah, he even took a he even took Triple H's pedigree. That yeah. was awesome. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: That was funny as all. You know, I was like, did he really just do his wrestling move in the movie?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag yes. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, like, it, there's. I'm not arguing the point that these aren't bad movies. They, they've been bad movies, but I'm talking the worst movie. And for me, it really is electric. Because like, like I said earlier, with uh, Ryan Reynolds' performance as Green Lantern, that's the redeemable quality I find in Green Lantern. There's nothing I could redeem Electra from. Electra, uh, the the film Electra is like the embodiment of the uh, X Men Origins Wolverine Deadpool. Like it just should not exist.
2: Oh wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! I just thought of one. Uh oh. Okay. If not those, then I am definitely, definitely, definitely going to have to say the first Ghost Rider.
0: I can't argue that point. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh, and the first incredible Hulk oh. made by the um dude oh, Lang. Was it? John um Chow and, or Lang.
1: and Lang. Uh I think it was his name. Uh, Lang. I think it was Asian cat. I think was really yeah. yeah. Yeah, that you're, was rough.
0: You you are talking about the one not with Ed Norton, but the uh uh I always want to say Christian Bale because it's a big thing. One that yeah. looks like uh Christian Bale, but he's not Christian Bale. I can't think of his name. Yeah. I know you're talking about Some white guy. Yeah. That one that one was kinda <coughs> that was kinda harsh to rush through too, I mean, but like
2: I mean it was the early two thousands too, when we think about
0: it. Right, but I mean even even obscure comic book movies, like I would put the pro Wicked prayer above Electra. Who? <laughs> Why you got to make my soul hurt? Actually, you know what? I'm trying to forget about that. You know what? There's one redeeming quality to Elektra. I could think of one worse than Elektra Green Lantern or any of them we've mentioned thus far. What's that? Catwoman.
2: Ew. Uh. (laughs)
0: Oh,
2: I think I coughed up something. (laughs) Oh, I'm sick.
0: I completely forgot about Catwoman. Well, guys, (laughs) ears are bleeding... From the
2: name <laughs> wow that was the most painful thing you could say to me i am very offended i am <laughs> like that was not pc at all <laughs>
1: <laughs> it definitely... well you got jesus that's well on it. that note i need to, i have to get going guys
0: all right Aww. john why don't you go ahead and tell, I... tell everybody where they can find you and what they can expect next on war of the stars on wednesday
1: all right. Well, of course, you can find me anywhere, uh, everywhere Realm of the Mist is found. You can also find me on Twitter at John Mark one because I am, of course, the number one John Mark Tolly on Twitter. Also, find me on Facebook at Mark Tolly and on Instagram at John Tolly3930. And this Wednesday, of course, will be War of the Stars, well, where we will be wrapping up our look at the women of Star Wars with the titular hero of the sequel series, Ray.
0: Kenobi Palpatine Skywalker. Snoke. <laughs>
1: oh, my goodness. Nub.
2: <laughs>
0: Ray Nub, daughter of yeah. Nine Nub. <laughs> you're, you're grounded. Go to your room. <laughs> but. Dad. What?
2: Son, uh, no. let <laughs> me get my belt. <laughs>
0: that's, a, that's a noise a lot of kids nowadays need to hear. Uh, Is a, a leather belt escaping six loops on a pair of Levi's? Yeah.
2: Oh, oh shoot. My grandpa, man, he had like multiple belts, mm-hmm. man. He had one that had like some wind resistance, had some holes in it, so it would even hit you faster. <laughs> it's a, get away. It was Indiana Jenkins in my house.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. All John. Right, uh, uh, okay. we'll Talk you to you guys go. later. Now I'm going to keep hey, you around a for a little bit, Anthony. Yeah. All right. Now, you you prefer Anthony or you prefer Tony?
2: Oh, you can call me Tony Anthony. Just don't call me late for dinner. You know the simple things.
0: Oh, uh, okay. Well, I'll go Tony, man. You're my Tony Stark now. <laughs> uh, I wish.
2: I wish Tony Stark IQ and money. Shoot.
0: Money? I would take what he carries around in his wallet. Just a loose change. <laughs> oh, uh,
2: it's like, what is this $1 bill doing in my pocket?
0: Right? <laughs> but, uh. Like, put
2: that in the ashtray. I'm going to use it for a J later.
0: Uh, on the agenda, the only thing I have left is, uh, last night's episode of Game of Thrones to discuss. Okay. I don't
2: Okay. I'm late to the party, okay? I'm still on season two. Okay. Like, I'm super late to the party because, like, I just haven't had no time to sit down and watch it. And it's not like I'm anti Game of Thrones or nothing like that. I'm just new to the party and i know it was on the last season. Yeah. So i'm a little ashamed.
0: All right, well i'll tell you what, man, for for your sake because we are going to talk I'm going to i'm going to go over it real quick but i'm not going to be as spoiler free of it as i can and just give just kind of give an overall opinion of last night's episode. All I right? mean, go
2: on ahead. Like, no, i don't want to i don't want to ruin it for do. you.
0: There, there's the you're on season 2. There, there the good shit's coming. <laughs> That's <the
2: thing. laughs> I've been warned. Do not get close to anybody in this show. Mm-hmm. You will die inside.
0: Look, has anybody warned you about the Red Wedding yet?
2: Yeah, I've been warned. I heard, it's, I heard it's gruesome. I heard that's, like, one of the worst scenes.
0: Times ten. But it redeems itself because you get things like Battle of the Bastards in season six. So... Yeah, see, you, that sounds awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You'll be you'll be happy you stuck it out, but you just got to get to and through the the red wedding, the most brutal thing. I've watched Faces of Death as a teenager. Mm-hmm. You know, real life death than the movie about real life death. You know, I've watched right. Faces of Death and was not as disturbed as this one scene in Game of Thrones. <laughs>
2: Her women, children, old people, infants—they were all
0: getting it. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to ruin it for you. I, will wait until you. I, I'll get. I'll get the message on Facebook, and I'll be like, "Oh, yeah." <laughs> you'll get. You'll. 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 You'll ping me on Facebook Messenger and be like, "What the fuck?" And I'll be like, "What the fuck?" Oh, you got the red wedding, didn't you? <laughs> it's
2: like I'm officially without a soul now. Oh, it is gone. Oh yeah,
0: you, you. For anybody, like I enjoyed it. Story wise, you know what I mean? Like, because it was a very gruesome and dark thing. And you like good stories that don't always have the cheery, happy ending. But if you enjoy what happens on screen, you need to go see a psychiatrist after the Red Wedding. (laughs) If you could look at Okay, now I'm
2: scared to watch the Red Wedding episode. (laughs) You have got me so
0: nervous. (laughs) But it does make up for itself in the Purple Wedding. Like I said, the Battle of the Bastards, Hard Hardhome, there, there, there's some, there's some good shit coming. There's some good shit coming, but there's some traumatizing things that happened in last night's episode, and I'm pissed about those traumatizing things. Um,
2: yeah, I've seen a whole bunch of stuff on the internet. I've been like, la 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 la. I can't. No, I can't read this. I, I it seems do. like as soon as the episode comes out, um, as soon as the episode's over, it seems like everybody puts everything on the on um, social media. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I gotta literally shut myself in social media for like the next five hours right. after the show.
0: No, you really do, and uh, that's that's why I like I'll be I'll be spoiler free on this. It's like you know the you know a char- two characters died in in this episode, one of which I, I hate to say it this way, but I was kind of like meh. You know, I understand that it was a plot point to to get things moving for the last two episodes, but the right. other the other character that died just came out of the blue. Those that have seen the episode, you know what I'm talking about. Like it literally fell from the sky, like it was that sudden. And hint, hint, and oh my gosh. yeah. You know? <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> this is this is a return back to to typical Game of Thrones where. We got the dialogue. We got the intrigue. We got the uh, playing and vying for power. We're celebrating the Battle of Winterfell, and just excellent. I know a lot of people were expecting the last three episodes to be basically like uh, episode three, the 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 Long Night, where it's an hour and a half of, of just footage of battles. But I'm happy they are still sticking with the drama, too. That they are doing a build-up and character developments. And, and I'm, I'm impressed with this episode. I actually like this episode a lot more than last week's episode, personally. Um, not to say that I disliked The Long Night, but I, I definitely think Last of the Starks was a, was a solid episode. And it's definitely got me excited for the last two episodes of the series god already two left
2: i can't believe that the show's ending like and i'm just like dang why i had to be so late to the party i mean i'm investing a lot of hours in these episodes so i already know i'm not going to be able to catch
0: up <laughs> well here here's the thing like number one at least at least that you have uh access to be able to watch the episodes and catch up and and, and get involved and like I've told people that didn't watch Game of Thrones and, and then decide to sit down and watch it, and at first they're like, "Eh, what is this?" And I always tell them, "It's like, look, get past the first three episodes. Once you yeah, get past once the you get first past
2: that, that's when it starts getting
0: awesome. Oh yeah, that that's where you start getting invested, and that's where the shit just starts getting hitting the fan. And when you really think about it, I mean, you're talking about a whole entire series of show, movies, or yeah, TV shows. It's not even a total of a hundred episodes because each season, except for last season and this one, were ten episodes. I know. You know. And, and then, on
2: top of that, like their budget is gigantic.
0: Oh, no, it's ridiculous! For these it's... last few episodes, I heard mm-hmm. R- ridiculous. Oh. They've got movie quality budget. So, <laughs> and you do see where they cut corners from time to time. Did you see the shit about like uh, where where they're at the celebration of last night's episode, and there was a scene. Uh, at the table, somebody had forgotten their Starbucks coffee cup, and it was filmed on the table.
2: <laughs> oh, my gosh.
0: Go go look. Uh, there, there's the scene where they're looking at Daenerys at the table right next door is a, uh, a Starbucks coffee cup. Yep, somebody's in trouble (laughs) Oh, somebody's
2: getting fired (laughs) You will never work in this town again It was a Starbucks cup, I'm sorry Right, (laughs) that's what you get for drinking Starbucks
0: Uh, But, uh, no, (laughs) overall I'm more of a scooters guy myself (laughs) Give Give me Wawa or Duncan, that's all I need (laughs) <laughs> Man, I haven't
2: seen a Wawa since I was in Florida for six months. Well,
0: there you go. See? That's, that's something I've been arguing. Uh, here where I'm at in Philadelphia, they have been putting like a Wawa on every freaking block, and it's ridiculous. I, Shoot, keep I wish they come to the Midwest. That, that's something I've been saying. If Wawa really wants to expand and impress, take your asses out west. Start I'm with moving. that. Start moving to the western side of, the, of of the Mississippi. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean,
2: shoot, look at Quit Trip.
0: You know, um, go to Colorado. The only competition you have there is Seven Eleven. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, Seven Eleven is just a staple. The further you go west,
0: <laughs> you, I mean, shoot, I was th-
2: in Japan, man. Seven Eleven is like the art of survival.
0: Right. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, 7-Eleven would go out of business if Wawa started to go nationwide.
2: <laughs> oh, holy
0: cow. Especially with all the stuff they have
2: mm-hmm. in one
0: Wawa. Oh, my gosh. You know, so... But, I mean, you know, uh, long and short of it's like not only do you have the, the DVDs or, or certain streaming services or whatever where you could where you could catch up on the episodes. According to sources, again... Don't know if it's true or not, uh, but from Mm -hmm. what I understand, I know HBO has announced that they are working on a Game of Thrones prequel. That's what I heard. I hate using the term prequel because it's not like it's, you know... Well, no, prequel (laughs) is the right term. It's not a trilogy. But, you know, it's supposed to take place uh, uh, dealing with the the rise of the Mad King, from what I understand. But, apparently... apparently George R.R. Martin is in talks with HBO to not only do that uh, series, but two other spinoff series as a Game of Thrones. So you may be looking at three different series as a Game of Thrones spinning off.
2: Oh, my gosh. My Sunday is completely gone. <laughs> it's gone. So, I might as well just
0: light it on fire right now. Where's the gasoline now, y'all? So, so you could you could at least look at it this way from from the from a certain point of view. From a certain point of view, you're coming in at the right time because now you're going to catch up and go through all the stuff, and you're going to catch it all at once. You know, if you sit down and binge watch it or whatever, and be set for the new shit when it starts dropping.
2: Man, that I mean, that's crazy though, man. It seems like. This is one of the things I love about the age we live in is the fact that nerd culture is expanding to the point where even your regular average Joe is like, shoot, I gotta watch Game of Thrones. Like Mm -hmm. people that weren't even into these type of things like back in the day, this shows how like how much we're kinda evolving with the fantasy genre and just anything in general. Like it takes me back to what I said before with the Avengers, this is like Game of Thrones is now a, like a culture. Oh, it like really? Star is. Wars, like any type of comic universe, anime, or anything of that nature. Like people <laughs> want to be these characters. People fantasize about these characters. People draw art. There, there's so much dedication to Game of Thrones. Now it's its own culture. It's now its own entity. It's never going anywhere.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know when. When you have fan fictions and and fan made uh episodes and films being released, you know you've done something like people are that passionate about what you created props to not only george R. R. martin but uh Benny Au Weiss and the seri- the the television series that they they spawned out yeah <laughs> which quite honestly, mm-hmm. i mean that you know makes me even more excited about them working on a trilogy for Star Wars, which from what I understand, it still hasn't necessarily been uh, confirmed by Lucasfilm. But it looks like they're doing The Old Republic, which from Gate, when they were announced that they were doing a trilogy, I said, it ha- you don't hire the guys from Game of Thrones and not do The Old Republic. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're going
2: to be doing, like, Knights of the Old Republic style?
0: Yeah. Like, like, uh, Holy cow. 4,000 years before the Battle of Yavin. Yeah.
2: That is going to be some straight up insanity.
0: Mm. You don't you don't I, hire guys the guys that did Game of Thrones and give them just a humdrum trilogy. You give them the Old Republic. <laughs> yeah.
2: You know what? I'll be excited to watch those movies. <laughs> I will be really excited to watch that. You know what? If we're gonna kick it old school. Let's kick it old school, then. That's it. That's 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 where they need to go. I think they need to do that. I need to, they need to do a little touch up. Speaking of which, what's your thoughts on the third movie that's coming out for this um, this series of Star Wars?
0: Rise of the Skywalker? Indeed. I'm excited. Uh, first off, I'm not one of the Last Jedi haters. There are certain things in it I would have changed. Yeah, same here. There are certain things in it that I believe were purpose red herrings, like Rey's, oh, yeah. like Rey's parentage. Um, there's certain things that I just accept as... Filmmaker's Choice was it my favorite the, the, when it first came out I ranked it up there with with Empire Strikes Back oh like not exactly Empire but in the top three alongside uh, Rogue One you know you know what I mean um, yeah like I really thought it was a better movie than later on I started picking it apart and fair enough, some of the toxic fan base kind of got to me a little bit too. It's like, well, yeah. Well, I mean, you know
2: how Star Wars fans are, man. They are brutal.
0: Oh yeah, they are. You know,
2: and they'll they'll harass people who were just actors in the movie, and then they got to shut down their social media.
0: See, I I am completely against that. Like, for yeah. for, for the argument argument's sake, like the character of Rose Tico. I didn't care for the character. I I felt she was out of place in the Star Wars universe. That's nothing against the actress. You know, Kelly Marie Tran oh, no. did not deserve the 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 look. Everybody hates Jar Jar Binks, but you guys damn near drove Ahmed Best to suicide. That man was just trying to make a paycheck and play a character that he was hired to play. He don't need to be. He don't need to be harassed and hounded to the point of suicidal tendencies for a character just because you didn't like the character not you yeah, i mean one. the fan base
2: oh no 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 i agree because like people don't understand that like hey these are creative ideas it's not always going to be something you agree with and you acting like a little child you're you're no better than the Kyle ren character in my opinion
0: no you're not if, wrong
2: I mean basically I feel like Kylo Ren is a really good reflection of Star Wars fans that take it to a no whole different level they didn't need to.
0: I'll agree but I'll, I won't I won't agree because Kylo's way more powerful than those fan base should, should be. <laughs> well, I mean I
2: agree with that statement. I mean just like I'm just saying like the, the personality. Yeah, the unstable like, personality. I mean seriously like okay, it's one thing to love Star Wars but <laughs> If it's coming to a point where you can't even just enjoy it. Because, I mean, when it comes down to it, we didn't think years ago that, you know, something like this would be possible. I mean, it was the 70s when they did the first movie. Right. I mean, nobody thought something like this would be possible. And then on top of that, the way it's evolved. Like, I feel like sometimes certain fans feel this entitlement of you know pointing out all the flaws in a movie or pointing out flaws in an actor or actress it like it's like oh my god like can't you just enjoy it if you don't like it that's one thing to have an opinion but when you're going in and you're like you're hurting people or you're just trying to ruin people's lives that's when you need to take a look at yourself are you really a fan of this or are you just uh, cancer to the culture.
0: You see that, that you're hitting the nail right on the head, like not only with the actors and actresses, but I mean, towards other fans of, of, of the, franchise. Oh my, yes. you know, um, I'm a person like to give an example. I'm a person, of course, I grew up with the original trilogy. So of course, to me, they're going to be the, 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 the greatest of the, of the whole entire saga. You know, right. And, of course, there was bad things about the prequels, but there was great things about the prequels, too. I loved them. I love oh, all yeah. Star Wars, but here's here's the, here's the rub. I'm one of those fans. I love the EU, you know, the, the Legends series, all the old books, all the old comics. I love them. But when Disney right. bought the franchise and said, all that shit is no longer canon, we're going to be coming up with our own stuff, I was super excited. Great, I'm going to get cool. stuff I don't know. That's awesome. And what has come out, I love. I'm I'm kind of on the fence about Solo, but I mean, I love what they've (laughs) been doing. You know, um, I love the fact that I get to look forward to going to the theater and seeing another Star Wars film. That you know you remember back in nineteen eighty three I never thought there'd ever be another one. Back in two thousand five, I never thought there'd be another one. Now we're two thousand nineteen and we got episode nine coming.
2: I know. And it's crazy because I remember when I came into the world and okay, I was watching the older ones, okay. What they would usually do every couple of years is just like, you know, put out, okay, remaster digital copy. Remaster CGI, remastered this. Yes. Like special and then edition It's <laughs> it Like this special edition comes with a Chewbacca action figure. You know, like I remember that. And then like when they said they were doing episode one, I was so pumped, man. I had the Star Wars games, like all that, man. I had the pod racing game from N sixty four. Bro, I was hyped.
0: <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. And that it, oh my god, like I'm I'm hyped for the new Jedi uh uh, fa- uh Jedi Fallen. Fallen oh, Order. Yes. Jedi Fallen Order. That's what it is. The, the, the new game coming out. Oh my god. Oh man. It's going to be dope
2: cuz as long as it's as cool as um what was the name of the one where you could either uh you were Darth Vader's princess. What am I thinking, you know? For,
0: Force Unleashed.
2: Force Unleashed. If it was as dope as Force Unleashed, I can't wait. (laughs) Like, seriously.
0: That's really the vibe I get from it. And if it plays half as much as that, like, all the people that bitch about, you know, Battlefront 1 and 2, like, they should shut up.
2: (laughs) Okay, first of all, like, okay, don't play it if you don't like it. Simple. There's other people that are going to play it. I mean, people were playing the hell out of the first Battlefront. Yes, Battlefront 2 had its glitches. They tried patching it up. You don't like it, don't play it. That's the way I see it. Like, you know, in this t- day and age, you can do your research. You can watch let's plays before you buy the game.
0: Right. Well,
2: see <laughs> you- I mean, seriously, this isn't like you know, we gotta wait for the magazine to come out next month. right back in the day, you know, you use that away for like the IGN magazine or the GameStop magazine or something like that to find out the reviews on it.
0: But- but, you know, like with, with Battlefront 2, and then I'll get back to what I was saying as far as like the fandom is concerned, uh, there's only two complaints I really had about Battlefront 2. One, the shady business dealings they did with the loot crates, the, the pay-to-win uh, Oh my ideals. god, I hate those pay-to-win games. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and thank god that got switched out, that got changed. But also the fact that they gave us a campaign, which was a great campaign, and one campaign DLC, which was a great DLC, but... Game-wise, total, it was maybe seven hours. Oh, yeah.
2: It was a short game.
0: You know what I mean? Like, they concentrated way too much on the multiplayer and not enough on the campaign. I think they could have done a lot more with the campaign because it was a sol- what they gave us was solid. They should have oh, given yeah. us more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but those are my, um, really my only two complaints about Battlefront, and one of which they corrected. You know, so when I hear people still blasting Battlefront 2, it's like really i mean yeah.
2: we're years out now i mean what is it three years ago yeah when battlefront 2 came out
0: mm-hmm.
2: i was like okay they didn't even get a life
0: that's it <laughs>
2: like know? either that or go play battlefront 1 i'm pretty sure there's some people still on the server
0: oh there is oh there is you can still play battlefront 1 but uh getting getting back to the fandom like like i was saying with the example like i'm a person that loves all star wars the eu the the, the new canon the the original trilogy, the prequel trilogy, the sequel trilogy, and all the spin-offs. Like I said, I'm kind of on the fence about Solo. Now, I
2: mean, well, I mean, Solo was painful. I'm kind of sad though that they're not gonna do the Obi-Wan movie because I love Obi-Wan Kenobi. Him and Waze Mace, M- Mace are my fa- um are my favorite um Jedi's.
0: Right. Now, th- so, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't write it off just yet. I mean. Ewan McGregor's pushing for it. The fan base wants it. I, I don't see them not doing it.
2: I mean, I feel like they can do Obi Wan justice. Like I remember when they put on um, they gave Obi Wan Kenobi his um his solo standoff game back on Xbox. Yeah, and I enjoyed the hell out of that. Obi Wan <laughs> Kenobi is super dope. He, I feel like. I mean, come on, this is the guy that trained Luke Skywalker for crying out loud. He deserves this. Yeah. <laughs> He deserves it. I've been waiting for this my whole entire life. Okay, okay, maybe that was a little too dramatic, but still. The fact <laughs> is I I, don't... I, I think Obi Wan deserves a spotlight as like a solo character or heck. You know what they also need to do? What's that? They need to do a bounty hunter style um Star Wars movie. Like they need to have like Boba Fett or Django Fett with his own standalone like movie.
0: Well, you do know that uh, on D- the Disney streaming service, they're releasing The Mandalore, which has already been signed on for a second season. It hasn't even piloted yet.
2: What is The Mandalore exactly? I haven't heard about this.
0: Uh, Mandalore is going to be a live-action TV show on the Disney Plus, uh, plus app when it, when it launches later this year. It is following a Mandalorian through really? the Star Wars universe. I really oh, don't man, know my much about to combust this year. I, I I do not know much more about it than that except for the fact that the director is John Favreau. Yes, Iron Man director John Favreau.
2: Well, shut up and take my money, Disney.
0: <laughs> and John is signed on for season 2, which has already been greenlit. They haven't even released the damn first season yet.
2: <laughs> there are some powerful essences with the mouse. In charge.
0: I'm telling you, we're we all going to be bowing to our mouse overlord very soon. They're going to own everything. Realm of the Mist will be presented by freaking D- uh, Disney, and I'm fine with it. <laughs>
2: hey, we can make that Disney money. I'm cool with that. <laughs>
0: That's it. As long as the front of the check says Bob Iger, I'm down. Yeah, <laughs> Let's do it. But, uh, you know, the, the, going back to the, again to the fa- to the fandom, a- as I described, I'm one of those ultimate Star Wars fan fan guys, fanboys, I'll read everything you put in front of me. I'll watch everything you put out for me. You know, whether I like it or I don't. And I'll talk about it. You know, I don't dog anybody if they liked it better than I did or didn't like it as much as I did. But then you have the fan base out there that Oh, if you like anything other than the original trilogy, you're not a true fanboy. Oh, if you would like the new canon instead of the EU, the EU is the true canon. That shit's bullshit, and you're not a true fan if it's like Disney titsucker and blah blah. Uh,
2: Oh, those people make me so mad. I'm just like, do you remember what this is for? This is supposed to be fun, right? You're making it a fucking nightmare. That's exactly it. I hate those fans. Like, okay, I don't hate nobody, but I distaste, I dislike those fans that just can't even enjoy it anymore. It's just like they're expecting, like, everything in one movie. You gotta realize, the longest movie right now is that Affinity War movie that just came out, okay? I mean, these movies can only go about maybe max three hours if they have the budget for it. Right. So, I mean... Not everything's gonna be perfect. You're nitpicking here. You're nitpicking there. Um, They'll be like, for instance, here's a good example. Like somebody said to me that, um, you know, I didn't like the way they had um, the setup in the casino scene, in the um, in the last movie for Star Wars. Right. It's like I don't like how they did that. Like I feel like they could have did this. They could have did that. On top of that, like. Why they had the kid in there? Blah blah blah, 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 blah blah blah. I'm just like, dude. Did you see that whole scene? That scene was magic. The way they had everything set up. I was like, dang man, I wish I could go there. It was beautiful. <laughs> see, and
0: I was one of those people. I didn't care for the Canto Bite stuff, and it it wasn't because of what was filmed. It's uh, it, it, it it's because the director decided to use that to push personal politics. And that's, that's where I kind of had an issue, because like you said, Star Wars is supposed to be imagination, fun, a chance to escape reality. I don't need, I don't care what side of the aisle you sit on politically or, or what your world views are and stuff like that. When I go to a film like Star Wars, I want to escape that. I want to have a couple hours where I can live in a galaxy far, far away and not live in a yes. world that I see on the news 24-7.
2: Basically, a burning dumpster fire.
0: Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know, if if you're a person who believes in AOC's Green New Deal and that socialism's the way to go, power to you. If you're a Trump supporter who believes that we should make America great again, power to you. But when Star Wars, leave your opinion outside and let me enjoy my, my battle between good and evil.
2: Damn it, yes. <laughs> <You> <laughs> and know, that was a TED Talk.
0: <laughs> you know what i mean that that's that that that's why I didn't care for can, the canto bite scene, however cinematography wise oh yeah, it was absolutely beautiful, all the oh, different yeah, creatures it it was it was a modern uh, version of the Cantina scene in episode four
2: I know it was so just it was beautiful I, I that's just the thing for me, I've always loved the visuals of Star Wars. that's always been my thing. It just, I feel like it's like, it's just like, I was like, man, I wish I could be kind of immersed in this universe. I've always been a guy of visuals. Right. So from the lightsabers to the cities, the different vehicles they're using, the ships, like I look at those details and I enjoy those details, even from the movies people disliked. Like. There are some details. I'm just like, you got to realize a lot of this stuff is before its time most of the time. Star Wars in the beginning was before its time.
0: No, there was so, no such thing as practical effects like that. They George Lucas had to invent ILM to make Star Wars work. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like,
2: you, like people don't realize. It's like, you take this for granted, man. Like, a decade ago, this wouldn't have been like possible for the stuff we have now currently. Hmm. Like, enjoy the evolution of it.
0: And and here's another one for all everybody out there, people that are Lord of the Rings fans, people that are Star Trek fans, uh, people that are uh fans of the Marvel Cinematic Universe or DC. All those special effects and everything else, you could thank Star Wars. Because if yes. it's not for Star Wars, that shit would not have existed. Star Trek, especially, you would never have gotten all. What are they at? 13 Star Trek movies if it wasn't for Star Wars. Because Star Wars' success is why Paramount turned around and said, look, we've got Star Trek. Let's make a film. Look what these guys fucking did. Right. (laughs) Star Trek would have been, there would have been no Next Generation, no Deep Space Nine, no Voyager, no uh, uh, Star Trek Discovery, no Enterprise. None of that would have existed if it Mm -hmm. wasn't for Star Trek or Star Wars. Thank you. You know what I mean? So, like, I understand if you like one fandom more than another. I understand if you like one story more than the other. I understand that. But don't dog one because it didn't fit your fan base, your fan theories. Your vision. Your vision or because somebody's opinion differed from yours.
2: You can agree to disagree shake hands, and still enjoy the same culture.
0: That's it, because, you know, the funny thing about Star Wars fans is all of them bitch about, like, oh, how Solo uh, destroyed their childhood. Oh, Last Jedi destroyed their childhood. You know, damn right well they're going to be in line with you, me, and everybody else when Episode Nine comes out in December.
2: Oh, yeah. (laughs) They're going to be there. Same fans complaining right now are going to be the same fans. It's all about the same. They love you, then they hate you again.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: That's That's how it's going to go. They're going to love it again. They're going to hate it again. There's no satisfying everybody in this world. There's
0: there's not. And and you're absolutely right. Like, you you think about it back in the day. Empire Strikes Back is arguably one of the greatest Star Wars films ever made. But it was made in 1980. You know, if you think about it, if the Internet was around back in 1980, they'd probably be given the same grief and hate for Empire Strikes Back that they gave The Last Jedi.
2: Oh my gosh! Yes,
0: let's let's be real, you know. Oh, you killed off uh, uh, Han Solo by freezing him in metal. Uh, chopped off Luke's hand, and supposedly Darth Vader's his father. What kind of unrealistic bullshit is that? Oh no, this is a horrible movie. It's, it's a just, good
2: thing the internet was not in the eighties.
0: <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like that, you know, people be saying that, you know. And I I, I firmly believe like when the prequels came out internet was on its rise, and, and people hated on the prequels. It's not my trilogy, not my trilogy, not my trilogy, blah, 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 blah. 20 years... Uh, well, especially not- the older fans. Especially the older fans. But then, here comes the sequel trilogy, and everybody's now forgiving about the prequels. Like, most of us still agree that Episode 2 is, is a hot mess, but... I mean, know, that was rough. That was rough, but like, you know, Episode 3 was... was epic in its own bright and Oh,
2: everybody's talking about episode 3 for years.
0: You know, and episode 1's starting to get more love than it used to. I guarantee you, episodes 7, 8, and 9, give it 10 years, and people will be singing its praises instead of talking trash on it. It'll find its oh, place. Yeah. <laughs> they will find its place. But I, I, to answer your question in a long roundabout way, I really expect a lot from Episode Nine. I do. I expected to answer the questions that were presented to us in Seven. I expected to address the issues of Episode Eight, but it's also supposed to connect the whole entire saga. All previous films can interconnect it to this film.
2: This to be the important one.
0: That's a tall order. Plus, it's finishing forty-two years of storytelling. Oof. That is a hell of a burden. So I expect a lot from this film. I'm expecting this to be the Star Wars film of Star Wars films. Well, I think I think the franchise deserves that.
2: Well, we're going to find out at the end of the year, man.
0: That's it, you know. And judging off of a one-minute, 30-second teaser trailer... They're off to the right start.
2: <laughs> I know. Oh. Oh, I'm like, God. God, December can't get in here any sooner. November was it? December, November when it's coming out? December. Well, Christmas present.
0: That's it. You know, it's gonna be a depressing. It's a depressing year for nerdum, man. Like Game of Thrones is ending. Uh, Avengers just yeah. ended the whole entire phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh. I'm about
2: to leave in a few. Sorry about that. Oh no problem.
0: And now, and now we're getting set to to end the Star Wars franchise, at least the saga, the original Skywalker saga. This is a depressing year for fandom.
2: <laughs> oh, it really is. Sincerely, I but- mean, but we got to have the good times and the bad.
0: Oh, absolutely. And and of course it, it does help to know that like Marvel has another phase coming with new superheroes. We know there's new Star Wars films coming. You know, we yes. know there's there's uh, spin off shows for Game of Thrones. So I mean it's not the end of the world, it's just sad to know that these franchises are coming to the, the zenith of their respective time frames. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And I'm excited but apprehensive, apprehensive of it all. But I, I do hear you want to go, so before we do, I want to take a moment. It's the first time I've actually got to sit down and talk to you, and I've got you on air for all the fans of Realm of the Mist. Uh, Anthony is a uh, podcaster, a podcasting host of a show called Delivery Brothers Podcast. You may have AKA noticed.
2: the Delivery Bros.
0: <laughs> A.K.A. the Delivery Bros. You may have noticed that he's been, uh, his show has been starting to show up on Realm of Miss because he has joined the Realm of family. I want to take a moment. I'm going to interview the, the guy that has a lot of aliases, a.k.a.s. It's hard to list all oh of them. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to talk about your show, what you're, what you're, uh, what you're passionate about. Let, let people know who may not have checked out your show yet what they can expect from a Delivery Bros podcast.
2: Okay, first of all, anything on the table, anything on the menu. <laughs> sincerely, that is like the whole structure of my format, along with that. like I'm telling you we'll have different people of all different personalities. It could be your modern day walk of life person all the way up to business owners. like I just did like a series with um this wrestling promotion called Journey Pro. Shameless okay. plug for them, <laughs>
0: um,
2: and um, they're a local promotion here in Kansas City, Missouri, where I'm from. I've talked to models, I've talked to like influencers, all types of people. Um, I got a lot of things in the works. In some of these episodes, we have a lot of dialogue. Whether we're talking about mental health, we're talking about um, talking about whatever's going on in current events. Or just in everyday life. On top of that, another thing is I'm not afraid to have dialogue on anything. If you have a story, you have something you want to say, you have an opinion, that's what this uh, podcast is for. This is a podcast for everybody. Everybody of any color, creed, orientation, it's um, it's free speech. We talk about nerd stuff. We we have fun, okay? That's my show. Like You're going to laugh. You might think. You might cry a little bit. This is what I want. I want it to be something that you know, kind of brings a little bit more. You know, I guess, a center to people's emotions. That's why I do it.
0: Well, right on. I I I pinpointed on something you said here. Uh, you said you just got done interviewing a a promoter for a local wrestling federation out there in Missouri. Uh, yes, as, a, as a former pro wrestler myself, I, I, I You're get You're a that. former pro wrestler. I'm a former pro wrestler. For 20 years, I wrestled from New Jersey to Colorado, from New York to Florida. I was the East Coast kid, Matt Wild. I retired back in 2015. Did you do Jersey All-Pro? I did Jersey All-Pro. Okay, I love that promotion. <laughs> <laughs> but that that wasn't the purpose of my story. Uh another shameless plug. We have another uh podcaster that we are friends with. He's not with the Realm of the Mist family, but he is a good friend of ours. I've done his show before, uh WPS podcast, but he also has another one called This Is the Thing. And he is revamping This Is the Thing uh to be an interview uh style podcast of just professional wrestlers. His passion is professional wrestling. That's awesome. So since you have connections out in Missouri, let your people know that there is a guy that would love to talk to the, to the talent, interview them and give them an opportunity, not only to talk about like current storylines, but like their, their, their uh, road stories, how they got into the business, you know, like really sell themselves individually. You know, so yeah,
2: that, you we know, got some
0: giving a shout out to my right boy, giving, my, giving a shout out to my boy, Liam, and uh, this is the thing podcast guys, check them out. And of course, WPS podcast, they are, they are crazy. They're, they're, they're another one like delivery bros. They'll give you whatever you want to hear. I mean, I was hooked as soon as I heard they interviewed a furry. Uh,
2: <laughs> I mean, seriously, heck, I would like to talk to this guy. I'm kind of pumped to talk to him myself. I might need um I might need you to help me set up some dialogue with this gentleman.
0: Well, I can make that happen. I,
2: okay, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> like I said, anything on the table, anything on the menu, that's always been my model. So we could go ahead and talk wrestling, uh, or we could just,
0: I, I mean, get, seriously. I can get him involved in that. I mean, you you, you want to sit down and talk wrestling, I guarantee he'll be in the chair ready to go. So <laughs> Heck yeah. I'm
2: telling you, because um, the promotion out here, um it's a new promotion, but – We've had a lot of people like speak upon it. I'm not a part of pr- the promotion myself. I try to help promote them through the podcast that I do, right? Because I believe in the promotion, and I've talked to the promoter. Um, this um this new interview I have is with um, a promoter named Walter Fulbright. Um, at the last promotion, they had um indie, um indie superstar Joey Ryan there, the king of the dong style. <laughs> yeah, like he dick flips yeah. people and stuff yeah, like that. I've, like to do was
0: awesome. I've seen his videos. <laughs>
2: yeah, he he was actually at the last event. I actually got to go. It was an incredible event. It was professional, like, and then on top of that, it was cinematic from how they did the camera. Um, they did the camera angles and the contrast and everything. So, um, if you're an independent wrestling fan, I recommend going to Independent Wrestling and then on top of that, I found out you got a cold. Um, it's Journey, and you get twenty days free off of it too. And after that, it's like ten dollars a month. You can't beat that.
0: Oh, it's not bad at all.
2: That's what I'm saying. And it's not just their promotion. It's like I saw like at least a good thirty to forty promotions on there. Oh wow. Yeah, man. So and, and you want to watch an on... indie wrestling? You got it
0: on well, tap. I've always I've always argued that like ever since I retired, I can't watch the WWE. Um, I just, it, the the storylines are, are trash to me, and the talent has gotten worse and worse. There's, there's no larger-than-life characters, really. I mean, you still mean, got your mainstays, like CM the Undertaker. Well, you haven't had it since the Empire. I mean, you still have the Undertaker, kinda, you know, yeah. and I'll give credit to, like, Bray Wyatt, but, you know. That was a
2: good character.
0: You know, but, like, everybody's becoming way too realistic, and I, this is coming from a guy who played a character who was supposed to be a street kid. Okay, so I was I was as real <laughs> I was as realistic character as you could be in the world of superheroes, right. but you know, wrestling is supposed to be larger than life, and I think WWE has lost sight of that. Um, I've always argued: why would you pay seventy five hundred and fifty dollars to go to a WrestleMania when you could pay ten dollars and go to your local independent store and see some real talent? Yes. busting their stones out there. To give you guys the best. For, yeah, okay, they can't afford the big pyrotechnics and the jumbotron, but they go out there and they give you their blood, sweat, and tears every freaking show, guys. Go support your local Indies. Give them guys oh, I and agree. girls some loves. Right, like
2: For instance, like, <laughs> I feel like the Christian Roses and the, um, and the, Jer- um, the Jeremy Wyatts and things like that, they get overshadowed, especially when they've wrestled a lot of these guys that are now on WWE. Right. Seth Rollins said that Jeremy Wyatt is actually like one of the best wrestlers he's ever faced when he was in the Indies.
0: Wow. Oh, i I remember I remember meeting AJ Styles in Colorado. Uh, when oh he my was, gosh! You know, back back before he was you know the phenomenal AJ Styles of WWE when he was you know Ring of Honor AJ Styles. You know, and and uh, and the such. NWA's AJ Styles, and they're very different people than you see on TV because they were shooting for that brass ring the same as everybody else. They were one of the boys. They still are, to an extent. I'm not oh, yeah. picking on. I'm not picking on the talent at all. Once you're once you're a brother and sister in the business, you're a brother and sister in the business for life, no matter what federation you work for. But right. You know, the guy you see on T V, that AJ Styles. I don't mean to talk down on his ability, but it's not a tenth of what AJ Styles was in the indie circuit.
2: I mean, sure, that AJ Styles was young. (laughs) Young as Fry, he used to hit the rope work a little bit more than he does now.
0: Right. I'm not I'm not doing like that anymore. I'm not just meaning the age, but it's also the hunger. He's where he wanted to be as opposed to the independent AJ Styles who was the guy looking to get to the WWE.
2: Oh yeah, sure. He was doing more risky stuff back in the day. Mm-hmm. Even when his even in his TNA days he was doing more risky stuff.
0: That, so that's exactly what I'm meaning. It's like when you go to an independent circuit, you're watching people who are dreaming of that day. And they I mean, are fighting shoot. tooth and nail to get to that day. So, you're guaranteed some great performances.
2: Dude, I've already mentioned this on my podcast. Man, the craziest thing I saw at the show I went to last month, um, I saw this gentleman, Christian Rose, take this other gentleman, Monty Michael, who's about the size of a cruiserweight, and threw a ra- threw him in a razor's edge onto the canvas of the ring. Okay. I had never seen such a brutal bump in my life. (laughs) I literally, like, you just see him put him up, razor's edge, he goes for a running start, and then launches him right onto the side of the ring, just a a canvas, just brutal. I have never seen anything so wild in my life. You can't do that in WWE.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They used to. Now, to be fair, I mean, especially when I think, I think, uh, and and we we could talk about this in a moment. I I know you like to talk about everything. We'll, we'll we'll hit this for a minute. I think the WWE lost something when they closed down WCW and ECW. Oh yeah, because back during the Attitude Era and the rise of professional wrestling, the real rise of it, you know, uh, the '90s and the 2000s, the early 2000s. They had competition, like they were at odds with WCW and then here's this little indie circuit federation coming up from Philadelphia. Proud, thank you very much. Um you WCW, know, that's that's pulling shit that you've never seen before. Vince and company had to step up their game or get left behind. But now that there's no real I yes, I know there's Ring of Honor. Yes, I know there's TNA. But to be honest, are either of them really on the caliber of WWE? No. And are they going to get there financially or whatever? Probably not. Let's be let's be real about it. Vince has built an empire. But the problem is, is that empire now has a monopoly and no competition, so it has no reason to push itself that much more.
2: Now, I don't know because you um you heard about All Elite Wrestling. What's that? You've heard about All Elite Wrestling, right?
0: I've heard of it. I don't know much about it.
2: The investor that they have for this owns the Jacksonville Jaguars. That guy has millions of dollars. Okay. Just like the McMahons did. Or do. When it comes down to it, they may have competition in the near future. Especially with the new all-in event that's coming actually this month.
0: I might have to check and that from, out.
2: Yeah, I'm telling you. Like, I'm actually going to buy the pay-per-view because I want to see it. <laughs> and who they got on the lineup? It's going to be amazing. I mean, I'm seeing Pentagon Jr. is going to be there. We're going to see Chris Jericho. We're going to see Kenny Omega.
0: That's where I know Young about Bucks. All Elite. That's where I know about All Elite. Now you're naming names that I knew jumped, jumped ship over there, and I'm like, what's this All Elite thing? That That's like, where I know the name, yeah.
2: I heard. Shoot, I think a couple people from WWE are trying to get out of their contracts and go there. They're talking about it's going to be a good payday.
0: Well, good. Like,
2: they're getting paid more. Rumor has it like they're getting paid more to go to um all elite than they were in their contracts with WWE. Well look and they can still do independent shows.
0: Good. You know what? I, I'm thrilled. I'm happy to hear that. Uh because because of multiple reasons. Like when I was saying that like TNA and, and Ring of Honor are not at the caliber of WWE, I'm not talking about talent wise. I'm not talking about the quality of show that they produce. I'm saying as far as like the major conglomerate of WWE and its empire and the money that it puts in, you're probably not going to raise up there. However, if all elites uh, throw money like this no object to make them be a competition to the WWE, not only is that great for them and the talent that they're bringing into their roster, but that should give Vince and his company a kick in the ass to start doing what WWE used to do. And that's just great all around for the wrestling fan in general.
2: From what I heard, too, because since Chris Jericho's really behind this promotion, uh, Vince banned him from WWE. I'm not surprised. Vince is pissed off about this.
0: <laughs> of course he is. Of course he is. But you know what? I can't blame Jericho. Like Not only from a business standpoint... But but from a professional one, I don't think Jericho was ever truly used right in in WWE. Like the Y two K, the Y two J gimmick, and the list gimmick. Yeah, they were funny, but what did he ever really do with Jericho?
2: I mean, besides being like the first independent, um, like the first undisputed champion, like not much. I feel like in a way WWE didn't deserve Chris Jericho.
0: Well, that's it. I mean, w, WCW and ECW, they gave him his his love and respect. Japan? Oh, you, you there's few people Oh my gosh, they touch, worship
2: him in Japan, man. Even in to, Mexico.
0: That's what I was about to say. People in Japan, like, there's very few people that could touch Jericho in Japan. You know what I mean? And and then you look at what E was doing, and they're having him job to, quite honestly, talented, didn't deserve it. Did not deserve that put over you know, like that that, that that's I mean, how he spent sending out his last part of his, you know, the the, the the lower end of his career after everything he's done. Now I
2: will say this, like a lot of that was Jericho's call because he wanted True. to put over some of these guys. And in the, like in the last couple of years, he's done WWE when he came back again. True. Like when AJ, because like when he came back, AJ Styles came in the picture and he wanted to put AJ over. When they did that best in the world thing um, for that um, WrestleMania, because I think that was one of the better matches
0: oh, I'm in that meaning, WrestleMania. I'm not ta- I'm not meaning people like like AJ Styles. Like Styles has the talent, gimmick, and ability. Absolutely, I I could definitely see Jericho being like, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna put you over. But you remember that that flamingo dancing guy? Oh no. No, 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 Fandango, and Fandango, and and he was in a feud with Jericho, and he owned Jericho. And I'm sorry, they're talent wise, gimmick wise, story wise, there's no reason Jericho should have been putting him over.
2: I, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, that's just it though. The guy can wrestle. He's got skill. It's just a gimmick. I I I have a thing about gimmick wrestlers, like where they're like so gimmicky. It's kind of like. It's kind of like it's um it's just like a parody of something. That that I did have a problem with that cuz I'm just like I can't take those wrestlers serious. It's sort of like when they use have like construction worker pro wrestlers and stuff
0: like that. Okay. Oh, come on. like
2: their model would be it's quitting time. Yeah, hey,
0: uh, come on. You, like, sometimes sometimes it, works. sometimes it works. Look at Al Snow and Head or or uh Shane Helms in the Hurricane.
2: Okay, well, I mean that's different though. Like <laughs> I feel like the way they did those characters was like it was funny, but at the same time, you wanted those guys to win because they were like they were like the little guy versus like like giant forces.
0: But I, I get it; I know what you're talking about. You're uh, like uh, one of the one of the worst gimmicks I ever saw was Jim the Anvil Nightheart uh his alternate gimmick that he did for qu- sh- quite a short time you could tell it was Jim the Anvil his body shape uh the singlet yeah. even though it was yellow instead of the black and uh black and pink you know and he's wearing a yellow mask with a question mark on it and his his character his gimmick name is who he's from who knows where weighing who knows what like really or 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 if you remember the uh the the Manitar or or Isaac Yankum DDS. Oh. Uh,
2: <laughs> oh my gosh, you're bringing back memories that I was trying to forget, man. The goon. <laughs> the goon. The Brooklyn Brawler.
0: I gotta give respect to the brawler. <laughs> the brawler was like the gimmick. I
2: mean, how many L's did the brawler take?
0: Oh my god. Like him him and Barry Horowitz, you know, like I think Barry beat. Oh him out. Barry Horowitz. <laughs>
2: I was just watching something on him like the other night.
0: God, that, could you imagine being being the guy, how happy that man must have been Like when Chris Candino let him beat him with a quarter Nelson and finally gave him, after like 20-plus years, his first win? You know what that, I
2: mean? That, I mean, he must have been like, man, I got my ass whooped for 20 years for this moment. <laughs> I know people were shocked. I mean, that's a celebration in itself.
0: Oh, that's I what... remember
2: when the Hardy boys were jobbing at um in their saturday night um what they used to do the saturday morning um wrestling events
0: yeah you yeah.
2: um, know wwe like, like saturday morning slam yeah yeah they used the job and then when they finally made it to the big leagues i was excited to see them actually winning matches
0: <laughs> but i mean people like, use but i mean like people like barry horowitz and, and al snow like the job squad wasn't just a gimmick for al snow like between the two of them, they could tell you how many lights are in every arena around the world. They spent mm-hmm. so many time, so much time on their back. Give them that push and that time that that time in the spotlight. That that had to feel incredible.
2: Oh uh, yeah, that reminds me of the fact that like Bob Holly also did it too.
0: Oh god, Bob Spark Holly. Plug. Sparky Plug.
2: <laughs> I mean, you think about it like there were some people getting jobs that didn't have no reason being jobs like that.
0: Mhm. I mean, you know what they, huh? I mean, you're you're not wrong. Again, look at Kane, Isaac Yankum DDS. Oh, the King's yes. personal dentist brought in to take out Brett the Hitman Hart.
2: <laughs> you know, that was those are some special times in our universe.
0: It really was. It really was. But for some reason, it was dumb, but it worked. In some way, <laughs> shape, or form, it worked. Maybe not for the particular gimmick or the particular character, but just keeping wrestling alive and fresh and different, it worked.
2: Yeah, because like it worked in the eighties. Like you know, Booker T was GI Bro before he became <laughs> Booker
0: T Harlem Heat with
2: Stevie Ray.
0: Right. You know, I, I mean, mean, shit. Look at look at the Rock. Even the Rock was the victim of it when he Rocky was, Maivia. Rocky Maivia, and he's coming out in the old uh, High Chief Peter Maivia type gimmick. <laughs> oh, you know, uh, you
2: know. the, and then he had the high top going and
0: mm-hmm. oh you yeah.
2: know yeah, i I've, I've 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 seen some of the old matches and i was just like i'm so glad he evolved his his like his character when he went when he could when he joined the nation of the domination that's when we started to get the best of the rock
0: right <laughs> especially especially the feud against uh uh generation X, which brought out the best in everybody they went against. <laughs> yes.
2: That or, shoot, the feud they had with Stone Cold Steve Austin, the whole nation of domination versus Stone Cold.
0: <laughs> Stone he's Cold
2: talking- going in there and he's whooping everybody's ass for the Intercontinental title. That was awesome.
0: <laughs> Spraying them down with uh, freaking beer trucks.
2: <laughs> then they tried it again with Kurt Angle with a milk truck. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Kurt Angle's a perfect example. That guy's a, a gold medal Olympian. That that's not a gimmick. He is a gold medal Olympian. And that boy oh was willing gosh. to walk around being Vince McMahon's lackey with a little teeny tiny cowboy hat on. That was funny. You know I love I
2: mean? the fact that Kurt like did these gimmicks. Like he like when he lost the hair versus hair match. And then he was wearing like this fake, uh, fake wig with the wrestling helm with a wrestling headgear on. Mm-hmm. I lost it. <laughs> I freaking lost it.
0: <laughs> you know, so, sometimes, sometimes the goofy gimmick works. Like I, I remember a guy. He doesn't do the gimmick anymore. It, to me, it's a damn shame. But uh, we, there was this dude that I knew in Rocky Mountain Championship Wrestling. And he, uh, he he was short and a little heavy set, and he, he was slow to moving. He had the heart of a lion. Okay, he may not have had like the at that time the greatest in ring ability, but he had the heart of a lion. And we came up with this one gimmick because this kid was all personality. We all came up with this gimmick, and I mean it just worked. It didn't matter how good or bad in the ring he was, just playing the gimmick, it worked. We called him the Canadian Love Machine. And he would come out, and he he would come out, and he would you know dance around and you know kind of pimping it. But he was Canadian, you know, so he he was very white boy about it. You know what I mean? And his his maneuvers, like he had a uh, a step over arm breaker maneuver that he called the love handle. You know, the and it, love it, handle, yes. <laughs> and he had a sit, he had a sit out power bomb uh, for a finisher that he was called that was called the one night stand. You know, like the gimmick just worked. Yeah, you know? <laughs> and I, I it saddens me that he doesn't play the game. He's he's moved on to another gimmick. You know, I know he kind of distanced himself from the the playful gimmick or the funny gimmick that Canadian Love Machine was. So I won't I won't mention his uh, his name now. You know, uh, but that gimmick was phenomenal and the way he played it man like i said he could be he could be the complete drizzling shit and nobody would care uh,
2: yeah <laughs>
0: that gimmick I just was
2: thought so about low. he just made me think of disco inferno from wcw
0: really kind of similar really kind of similar yeah.
2: oh my god <laughs> let's see what was his finishing move the last dance
0: mhm <laughs> You know it was like, I, oh, the last dance. I've argued hey, for are. years. I've argued for years I wanted to get a guy who was really big and secure about himself, right? But that was willing to play a, a, a goofy gimmick. And I always, I have argued for years I want to get a big guy to come out to the ring to, like, Hanson's oom dressed in oshkosh by Bagash, coming out with, like, Legos and shit, and wanting to play with yeah. the other kids, like bring him into the ring and play with them and all. He's just a giant kid. And to him the wrestling match is just play fighting until they they actually hurt him. And that's when he gets pissed off and kind of hawks out and beats him up. But to him he just doesn't understand. He's he's a you know, he's a baby, he's a toddler. And I've argued forever that I wanted the character to be called baby Stewie.
2: Oh, my Lord.
0: And give him, like, the skinniest little girl, hottest, skinniest little girl to be his, quote-unquote, mother. You know what I mean? But, like, I've always that said, That like, sounds, like, wild. Tell me it wouldn't work.
2: I'm sorry. That would be great for the independence scene.
0: <laughs> tell me that it would, be would definitely... not be over. Like, the fans would not eat that up. Kids would want to be the one chosen to sit in the ring and play jacks and Legos with with baby Stewie. You know
2: what I mean? <laughs> man, I could see that selling a lot of merch actually.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm I was I you know, like I like I said earlier in the uh, podcast, you know, in wrestling I was billed at six foot one, two hundred and twenty one pounds. I'm literally well at least when I was wrestling, I was literally five foot eleven and hundred hundred and seventy five at best. So there's no way I could have played the character, but you get a good three hundred pound big man. And you like just a mold him...
2: clay or something like that.
0: Yeah, but you have him skipping out to the ring and fucking Chuck Taylors and Oshkosh by gosh, and that helicopter. So you do
2: like an AJ Lee with a dude.
0: Yeah, and the the helicopter beanie to to some kid song, like, baby shark. Have him come out the baby shark. You know, Um... was oh when my I first God. came up with the the gimmick, but yeah, baby shark, baby shark, do 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 do, or whatever. You know, whatever the kids dig what right now. And have him play with the kids, and just look at it as a big game until you know. Have him bust out crying when the referee's reprimanding him. You know, like uh, the crowd would eat it up. <laughs> oh,
2: you just made me think of somebody that always cracks me up when he wrestles, and I still love him to this day, Cole Cabana.
0: Cole Cabana.
2: <laughs> Cole Cabana. <laughs> that I don't care. He could he could do the same gimmick forever. Okay. I always laugh he did one with uh toru yano that i've watched a couple times if i'm having a bad day because i need to laugh and it's the greatest thing ever like coca just he oh my gosh he is so underappreciated in the wrestling <laughs> community i feel like sometimes because <laughs> that man is a riot
0: <laughs> uh, that's yeah uh, i even i even dug uh god there, there's so many there's so many of them that that would be just great as a as a gimmick, you know. For the, I could do a whole podcast about you know wrestling gimmicks that like absurd wrestling gimmicks that would work. <laughs> oh my gosh, we'd be here all night. We really could, but maybe we should save that for when you're sitting down with Liam. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Um, I really
2: appreciate you for letting me come on to this. Like, this has been. A very fun conversation.
0: oh absolutely. thank you very much for jumping in. I'm glad you were able to make it uh, too, oh, bad yeah. you, too bad you didn't get to be there for the beginning when we uh, when we paid a uh, homage to uh, Peter Mayhew Chewbacca passing away but otherwise oh, man, man, guys definitely check out delivery Bros podcast. you can find it here at realm of the miss at the YouTube channel. you can find it on the anchor fm uh, realm of the miss channel or where quality podcasts are heard. Or you can find it on its own independent channel, of course, uh, which Anthony will tell you about right now.
2: Yeah, you can find us at Delivery Bros KC on Facebook. You can find us on Delivery Bros 816 on Twitter and on Instagram. So check us out. Listen to it. Have dialogue, comment, like, share. Tell me if we suck. I don't care. (laughs) <laughs> if you have feelings towards what I gotta say, then I think I'm doing it right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's something, right? And uh, right. guys, guys get used to his voice because he's gonna be around a lot more often. As again, he uh, he has come into the realm of the Miss family. We're lucky to have him. We're grateful to have him. And, guys, you can check me out anywhere there is Realm of the Mist Entertainment. Make sure you check out the website and the link uh, in the comments section down below, or the uh, description section down below. You can find us on Anchor or wherever quality podcasts are heard. Tomorrow night, It Had to Be Said with Venus. Wednesday night, War of the Stars, the Star Wars podcast, and all the other great podcasts of Realm of the Mist Entertainment. Guys, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next week. Have a good night.
2: RLTN.